it's officially official. The 2022-2023 NBA season is over. The Denver Nuggets have defeated the Miami Heat. And Matthew, I said it before the season, the, the series began. <laughs> Never nuggets, nuggets in five. And that's what we saw was Nuggets in five. Uh, there yeah. you go. Good, good for good for Denver. I'm happy Denver won. I have some people who've texted me and some people who, you know, they, they, they drop and slide into the DMs and they're like, fuck Denver. I'm like, really? Denver's like the Suns. I've said this before. We've never truly hurt anybody's feelings. We've never won a championship to the point where somebody lost out on winning a championship to us. In fact, with this win, the Denver Nuggets winning the championship, the Phoenix Suns have now lost to the eventual NBA champion 15 of the 32 times they've appeared in the postseason. 47% of the time. If you play the Suns and you win, you're most likely going to win a championship. It's unreal. It's crazy. And uh, GMsters, I'm sorry. I'm pretty happy for them. I'm happy for Jokic. It's not like it's a rival, really, right? The 4-0, the, the sweep that we had two years ago, that was just something. That was a fluke. You know what I mean? It wasn't anything to like to stir up a rival. I'm happy for this franchise. I'm happy for the for the Jokic family. Him and his big brothers that will just they probably pretty much killed 14 people maybe between the two of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um probably higher than the, that. But the, yeah, I'm happy the, for them all. The KGB. I'm happy for the Yeah, and it's it's not one of those things where it's like if it's the Lakers it's like, "Oh, fuck that team," right? It's different. It's not a rival with the Suns. It's a it's a team that's worked hard. And I guess you could say like maybe they did it the right way. You know what I mean? Like if you want to go that route, like you have your superstar, you built it around them, you waited through the injuries, you waited through all of that, and then it finally came together, the perfect moment, and it was a legit championship this year. It's not one you can like put an asterisk next to it, I don't think, right? Oh, hell no. There's no, no way, shape, or form. This is a team that has been building to this moment. And as a Suns fan, more than anything, I'm envious. I'm envious of that moment because what the Denver Nuggets accomplished – in this season is what Phoenix, in my personal opinion, should have accomplished last season where they had that organic chemistry and they had the right pieces to the puzzle and they put it all together behind the superstar that is Nikola Jokic and they 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 won themselves a title. And as I was watching the confetti fall down in Denver, I was like, fuck, man, I want that moment. I want that moment so bad. I want that feeling. We were so close to it two seasons ago. We were primed for it last postseason and then obviously the phoenix suns fell fat flat and fat on their face and then this year i think we all knew it just wasn't it because of how the suns decimated their their depth in an effort to get kevin durant mid-season so what denver did is the exception not the rule nowadays develop around two guys bring in some right free agents draft correctly they did all the right moves with getting nikola Jokic. You know, first steal during a Quesarito commercial, having Jamal Murray trading for Aaron Gordon, having MPJ fall in their lap during the draft and allowing him time to to heal himself and develop good, bad or indifferent. They've won the title with that formula. It's hard to replicate that. And given, you know, the, the CBA and everything that lies before, before the Phoenix Suns, it's going to be hard to replicate for this team. But we're going to try. Any regrets? That we just didn't stay the course? Of course. Yeah, I know. I, when you see a team like this, do it that way. And it it's crazy because our best player is Booker. There's his Jokic. Right now, the centers, you know, they're taking over, right? Giannis, mm-hmm. you want to call him a center, whatever. But these guys are taking over. And, yeah, I mean, the Suns, they, they, had, they battled them in the second round. They did. But they just didn't have the guy. They didn't have Jokic. You know what I mean? It's just like, is Booker... Because I was just thinking about this. I'm like, will Booker be that good to where he can just take over like a Jokic? I just don't think he has the size, obviously. And that's why they're trying to surround him with like a KD or anybody else's free agency. But I just don't know if Booker can get to that level, obviously. And it's a different position, a different breed. Jokic is already talking about top five of all time, right? Yes. Top 10. You know what I mean? He's going to be up there. So let's see how Booker comes back next year. Let's see if he could be that Jokic kind of guy in the playoffs next year and just take over that way. But I don't know. Maybe it's he's too far from it or just too short. I think it's comparing apples to oranges in all honesty because how yeah. many people can really be Nikola Jokic? I mean, you look at no what way. he did this postseason, and it is rarefied air. Bill Simmons calls it the 42 club, right? Guys who combine points, assists, and rebounds and average over 42 of those in the play in, in the postseason – it's very rare. 
Jokic averaged 50. It's even it's like Bill Russell territory. So to to wonder if Devin Booker can be on the same level as Jokic is unattainable in all honesty. What you need or what we need and what the Suns need is for him to continue to develop and continue to be that devastating scorer who can hurt you in so many different ways on both ends of the floor and then just put the pieces around him that allow him to be successful. And when you when you ask the question, are there some regerts? There was definitely some regerts. I was talking about with one of my buddies today. I was out there golfing in 89-degree weather here in Phoenix in June. It's absolutely splendid. And he said, he asked me that question. He's like, do you, re- do you regret the Suns giving up Mikhail Bridges and their depth in an effort to get Kevin Durant? I go, part of me says yes, and part of me says no. Part of me says yes because I love Mikhail Bridges. I love the organic chemistry that the Phoenix Suns had with him. I love the offensive player he was developing into this season, and we witnessed it while Devin Booker was injured. But Kevin Durant's on our team. And this team and this franchise, as built prior to obtaining Kevin Durant, wasn't going to beat this this Nuggets team. Nobody was going to beat this Nuggets team. Just put some respect on their name. The only team that beat them twice in the playoffs in any series was the Phoenix Suns. That's about yeah. it. So yeah. after everything's said and done with this season, the Suns are going to be building off of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker with a new coaching staff that I'm very much uh, excited about with a new owner who's not afraid to spend some money and to take some risks that I feel might benefit the team and a, a new direction that I think while the Chris Paul era may or may not be coming to an end, that version of the organic chemistry Suns that got them to an NBA Finals and bounced twice from the second round is over. And good, bad, or indifferent, I think that's a good thing. You need to morph. You need to be a chameleon, and you need to grow as a franchise in an effort to try to get to where the Nuggets are. Because if you go back and you look at the iterations of the Nuggets, if you look at them the year that the the Suns swept them, yes, you had Jamal Murray not present, but you also had less skill players on that team. Last season, the same thing. The, the skill players weren't necessarily there. And now they, they, they got the right pieces. They got KCP, right, who is now a two-time NBA champion, which is kind of crazy. One with 2020 in the Lakers and now with the Nuggets. You know, they, they drafted right, and they got that, that Christian Braun or Brown kid who just has the right hustle. By the way, Christian Brown, this kid won, I think, two state titles, went to Kansas, won a national championship, and then just won an NBA championship. That guy's fucking living the dream, dude. Yeah, sounds like a Mikel Bridges kind of thing, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to win one, win it would have been the same exact thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a copycat league, but you got to be careful with that because right now the Suns are kind of reset. And now it's like, you know, you have a Kevin Durant that is older, and it's not the same Kevin Durant for sure. Maybe it is next year. Who knows? But I just I don't want to keep morphing. I don't want to keep being like, all right, we got to get these guys. We got to get these guys. You know, aside of me is always going to be the Mikhail Bridges thing where him and they were traded. And it's the like, what oh, if. I miss him so much. It's, it's always going to be there. But I just I hope the Suns stay the course and build around those two. You know, give it two or three more years and see how yes. it goes. It might take that long to get another championship or get to get to get one. But I just think right now, like you have to look at it as let's not copy what the Nuggets did because that just means that's what we were doing before, and we kind of screwed it up. I, I don't think we're going to go can. that way. I don't think you can. You copy can't anymore. It. And, and, and you would have to restart Suns, everything. You do, and and what the Suns have to do now is reset their foundation, and that's literally what they're doing right now. Is they're in the yeah. process of resetting that foundation, and from this new foundation, they hope to build a championship winner. And you know, obviously, that's what we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We are navigating the free agent market and taking a look at all the shooting guards that we will be available. It's a series that we're bringing to you this summer on the Jam Session, where we're going through position by position, just discussing everybody's out there, so you know when July comes around exactly who's available on the market. And you can you can roll back this footage and you'd be like Voida and Lissy were way the fuck off. They, they here's the guy that the Suns went for. It's clearly not anybody that they thought they should target because that's <laughs> yeah. per usual here on the Jam Session podcast. We like to nothing bring you the right. information and we don't know how to interpret any of it because we're just I guess we're just casuals, man. But it's a, a reminder bit. to everybody who is watching. One, if you are new to DraftKings. They've upgraded their sign-up offer for a limited time. And if you're a new user, you can receive a $200 in bonus bets by following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager 5 
$5 on any, five or more on any sport, whether it's your first wager or whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive the $200 in bonus bets. All you have to use is the promo code SUNSJAM when you sign up. The best part, using our code SUNSJAM not only gets you the bonus, but also supports our podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use code SUNSJAM to maximize your first bets. This offer is available only for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the episode description for the full terms of this offer. And another way you can support the podcast, if you're on YouTube, go ahead, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button. We are so close to 3,000 subscribers. It'd be really cool to hit that 3K just so I can uh, not tell anybody. You know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 3,000, 3,000. It's taking forever 3, to get there. It really is. I thought we'd be there for sure this season. I'm like, before the season ends, we'll be to 3,000. What the fuck's going on? We're one of the that, best Suns podcasts out there, right? People love us. I don't know if they you know, love some us. Guy, they I was respect at, uh, us. <laughs> yeah, but I was at, um, uh, where was I at? Trader Joe's. And some guy, I was wearing a Suns hat, but he started asking me about the Suns. It's a and dangerous thing when people do that, isn't it? I was like, well, does he recognize me from the pod? Or does he just, you know? But I think you would say like, oh, you know what? Great pod. You know, you would you would actually recognize the pod in person. And be like, well, I love the pod. I love the pod. I love what you do. But just talking Suns. I felt bad. I was I was wearing. And a I didn't tell him I was on the podcast. So I guess it's my fault. I didn't tell him to <laughs> yeah, subscribe. You that that, that that's, could have been our three thousand subscriber. It's a me it's thing. You, yeah, I know. It's you. It's wrong. I uh, I was talking to somebody. Somebody asked me a question. I was at Home Depot and I was walking the the, the aisles at Home Depot looking for zip ties. Nothing better. And and somebody saw the Suns hat. They're like, "Oh, hey, yeah, the Suns. What do you think they're going to do this off season?" I'm like, "You know, with the new CBA." And they just looked at me like all cross-eyed. Their guy asked. I shouldn't have asked that guy that question. I gave him like a three minute quick response, you know, just to try to sum it that up. That is quick for you. It is. It is. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy being me when I answer questions for people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's subscribe. Let's rate review. Let's continue the summer of the Moscow Mule. Got me some fever tree beer or, or ginger beer. That is got a copper mug full of some vodka, a little lime juice. Pour that sucker in there. I miss chugging with the fellas, man. Was never a thing this year. I got a couple in. Cheers. Wonder what. is the next thing that the NBA will turn its eyes to before the NBA draft. But before we talk about all the shooting guards that are available, uh, I do want to talk a little news in the NBA that could or could not affect the Phoenix Suns. And I just want to get your point of view on this, Matthew. Fred Van Vliet let the Toronto Raptors know today that he would not be exercising his player option for $22.8 million, thus making him an unrestricted free agent on the market. Now, we talked about it a little bit in our free agent market preview when it came to point guards uh, but again can you echo some of your thoughts about now with the fact that Fred Van Vliet is on the market two questions yes. does he come to the Suns can he come to the Suns oh I think he can um, Brian Windhorst even was hinting about you know Chris Paul he's probably gonna come back I think Chris Paul as an option off the bench would be huge Fred Van Vliet would be the best point guard to replace him I think in the starting lineup because what I'm asking for is just a guy to be there, play defense, that can run the offense, obviously. And he's perfect for that. I think he can actually run the offense perfectly, play defense. And he can be a guy that can play next to Booker and just be that other guy. Just be the other guy. Don't don't take too much away from KD and Booker. I think Fred's perfect for that. Him and Chris Paul can share minutes. Chris Paul can get his rest. This is just me thinking, like, Chris Paul's coming back. Because when Brian Winhurst says, like, maybe something's happening remember before i never trusted that dude now i absolutely i kind of trust him now with things so him hinting at that got me a little excited about fred van vliet's joining the suns because john right we've always wanted him i feel like for the longest time right and this might actually happen his the jersey swap things happen on twitter right now where he's in a sun's uniform so it has to be legit i think it's one of the best fits for the phoenix suns because of what he brings, what Fred Van Vliet brings isn't elite playmaking. Uh, it isn't elite scoring, but it's 
it's quality on both, but he's durable as shit. Like that, yeah. that's what we need. We need somebody who can go out there knowing that we have Kevin Booker and Devin Durant and and playing the way that they both can play and the way that they can fill it up. You need somebody who can yeah. just simply provide stable minutes next to them and quality minutes. And Fred Van Vliet can do that. What's interesting about this is the fact that you know, he, he's opting out of $22.8 million. And I wonder if he's doing that because he believes that he is worth more on the market. And it's something that we had mentioned when we were talking about him uh, was, was simply, you know, how is he going to navigate the market now that the majority of teams that are contenders aren't or, or, and, and don't have the ability to necessarily pay him the, the market we, we don't know what the market's going to do this offseason with the new mm -hmm. cba with the tax aprons yada 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 there's a lot of really smart people who are trying to figure out exactly how this can go and is fred van vliet going to end up being one of those casualties of this new uh, uh system and, and are they going to have the ability uh to sign him now what you're mentioning of course we went live right after chris paul you know, was waived, quote unquote. And then they're like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Chris yeah. Haynes always gets it wrong. We should have known that. When Chris Haynes is the one who reported it, we should be like, Matthew, let's wasn't wait. Was it that bad, though? What's that? Like he, he's never been that bad because that was pretty bad. He's been you know, bad that was... a few times when it comes to the Suns. Okay. okay. You know? Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, I know. I mean, you can't trust him, I guess. He, he, he's in that situation where it's like he hears something. He's like, I got to get this out now because I want to be ahead of those other two guys, yes. right? He just has to do it. He has He's not losing anything. He's fine. He's just doing his, his thing to try to just rise above Woj and uh, Shams. Yeah, and he's getting the information wrong. And then we're going live. And then it, it's, it it's doesn't matter two days later. <laughs> it's correct, but it's incomplete information because yeah. the information ultimately is there's multiple options. They're not just straight up waving him. It's they could wave and stretch him. They might wave him. They're ex essentially he reported what everyone knew is the Suns are report exploring options and they're not going to pay Chris Paul three thirty point eight million dollars next year. That's essentially what is the only thing that was confirmed is we're not paying him. Right. <laughs> But and to we were your saying point, I know we're sitting there like, where does he rank in all time? Like, oh, well, if he would have done this, yeah, no, it's not over yet. <laughs> if he could only have been younger. But going back to your point, I think it's a valid one. If the Suns do uh, waive him and then get him back on a veteran minimum deal for like $3 million, that opens up plenty of cap space to bring in potentially yeah. a Fred Van Vliet. Now, again, you're going to have the same issue, you know, and it's twofold. One, if you can bring Fred Van Vliet here, what's that contract look like? What's that money look like? Is it a one or two year deal or is he looking for something four years long for 30 million a year, right? If so, I don't think that that's happening. I don't think the Phoenix Suns are willing to commit those kind of funds to a player who's entering his eighth season and doesn't put up the production necessarily that you'd like to see from that position on a consistent basis relative to numbers. Again, he does play. But the other side of that is, again, from a money standpoint, you would have him, uh, Devin Durant, Kevin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton all under contract, and that puts below yeah. the tax before you've even filled any other aspect of your roster, you know, not including Landry Sham, Ish Wainwright, and Cameron Bay. Well, I mean, that's that's the name there. Ayton, he'll be gone, right? That's the guy that will probably trade in order to get a Fred Van Vliet. What if Booker is sitting there like, hey, give me just some guy, like you said, a rock, someone that can come in that we can trust, you know, that not, you know, get hurt in the playoffs and can just be that leader on the court because he can be. That's worth the money, I think, more than what DA is. I want that for four years for thirty million than what we have for DA. I just, I do. And even if you trade DA away for nothing, like a Miles Turner, you do that. I would take Miles Turner if anybody wants Aiton. I would take Miles Turner to have Indiana to be our center, and then Fred Van Vliet to be our point guard. I would be, that would be absolutely perfect for me. I'd be like, that's a championship team right there. Well, and in that same breath, if you're getting rid of DeAndre Aiton and you're trading him to the Indiana Pacers, it's not a one-for-one -one deal. Miles Turner for Aiton isn't one-for-one. One. It would be Miles Turner and TJ McConnell. It'd be Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Like, you would get two pieces back. The question is whether or not the market values DA uh, that highly, and that's something we will be discussing True. on the yeah. next podcast when we explore uh, trades for DeAndre Aiton. But I just wanted to throw the name Fred Van Vliet because that news broke today, and I wanted to kind of get our thoughts on it. So, you know, in, in summing up and, and finishing off the talk on Fred Van Vliet, 
you're 100%. Like, that's the guy. That's the guy I want in Phoenix. Is there anybody else you'd prefer playing point guard to start next season other than Fred Van Vliet? You know, I'm actually headed towards the way of like just like a market smart, someone like that, um, money wise. But if we're going to throw money at a guy like Fred Van Vliet, I'm not going to be upset about it. I mean, I'll be okay. It's not like I'm super excited. I see the tweet. It's like, all right, things, here we go. Like, this is it. But I would be. I would be stable. I would be happy for Booker that he has a point guard. And like we're talking about today, you just need to get that depth, the shooting guards behind Booker. That's the next step for me. I don't care too much about the center position right now. You know what I mean? And we'll talk about DA later, but for Evan Lee, I think it's just heading, it's heading in the right direction if we get if we can grab that guy. I'm kind of with you. I mean, Again, from a money standpoint, I think like when you say Marcus Smart, like that's more of where I'm looking from it from a money standpoint yeah. because you need yeah. other players, you need other, uh, you need to pick up some depth because again, I think that the challenge that this team's really going to run into this offseason is trying to fill out this roster with enough enough depth to simply get them through the season. You you take a look at Denver throughout this finals, and you know they're an eight man rotation, they're a nine man rotation. That's what you need is nine solid players. So. If you can get Fred Fred Van Vliet, one, I'm all for it, but the the money's got to make sense Mm -hmm. in an effort to try to give you some more depth. So there's your Fred Van Vliet news, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to start talking about shooting guards. The free agent shooting guards give you a comprehensive list of everybody who is currently out there. In case you didn't know, now you're going to know. You're going to tell all of your buddies. Uh, And we're going to start with club options. So these are the the teams. Well, let's start here. Shooting guard. Obviously, uh, that spot's taken. So if the Phoenix Suns are looking looking to acquire shooting guards, they currently have under contract Devin Booker and Landry Shamit. So as we explore shooting guards, where how how are you doing this? Where are you coming from? Are you are you coming from the mode of thinking that hey, we're already have our first and our second guy? Uh, I don't think we're trading Landry Shamit. So I'm going to go ahead (laughs) and just say, hey, I need the backup to the backup shooting guard. Or you said, hey, maybe we're going to trade Landry Shamit and get some other pieces that meet some other needs on this team and and explore the shooting guard through free agency. Which which mode of thinking are you coming from? Well, I think for the Suns, it's always been tough to get a guy to back up Booker. It's always Mm -hmm. been like the hardest thing to do. When you got a guy in Shamit, you're overpaying with the 10 million, 11 million a year. A lot of expectations, but I wouldn't mind paying that if they can get some guy that's confident, some guy that can come in and actually provide decent minutes every other game, every other game. That's what I'm looking for. Someone that just come in, give Booker a break, give that first team offense a break. That's what I want. Um, There's some guys out there for sure, but I definitely just want to replace Shamit. I think that's, that's going to be huge for the Suns moving forward. I think if you can figure out the point guard position, just having that shooting guard behind Booker is going to be huge in a way where Booker can get the rest. Like I said, but then you can have a guy that can like win you a game, right? I think Shaman, of course, the one game that he won in the second round against the Nuggets. Of course. That was huge. The best, the best game he's ever had, right? Yes. As a son. But I want games like that during the season where he, we can get guys like three or four games that can win it for the Suns when Katie and Booker are off. Just we need someone to step up and someone that's defensive minded. Shaman, great defense. But to make that much money, it has to be somebody else, I think, going into next season. My problem, my yeah, exactly. My my problem is we've already we've played this game, Matthew. We we tried to trade Shamit. Had trade machine Landry Shamit as our first edition of trade machine, and we recognized in doing so a couple different things. One, it's really hard to try to trade Shamit just straight up for somebody because his value, coupled with his contract, isn't going to get him anywhere. There's no team that's out there going. You know what we need on our team? You know what the missing sauce is? It's Landry Shamit. There's no team out there that truly wants to tank so tank so goddamn bad that they're like, dude, we'll trade, we'll take Landry Shamit and and start him just so we suck, so we can go get the first overall pick next year. There, no, no team's doing that. So while I want Landry Shamit to be utilized as a trade piece to bring in somebody of more substance, somebody of more quality, somebody who can do exactly what you said and win us games who can come off the bench consistently and put up points and give Devin Booker uh, a relief, you know, and and extra minutes, those games where he checks out and he doesn't have to check back in. You 
you're not going to really find that. I don't think it will. I think maybe you can find it, but you're not going to find it in Landry Shamit. Uh, but again, due to his value on the market, I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, Landry Shamit, quick question. How many times last season did Landry Shamit score between 20 and 29 points in a game? I'm going to say one. Zero. Zero. I was like, because you brought it up. I'm like, there has to be one game. He scored in, 30, in second 31, round, he scored right? 31 twice, right? And it was in the same week. He had 31 points against the Washington Wizards. And then on Christmas Day, he had 31 points at Denver. And his next highest scoring regular season game was 16 points against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He had 19 points, as you mentioned, in that game. Uh, what? One, two, three win against the Denver Nuggets. Or game four win. I'm sorry. But, he, I mean, that's that's the exact opposite of what we need. We need a guy who can get you 20 every now and then. And he can't get you 20 ever. Well, it was a, it's such a struggle. You know, it'd be nice to go into next season where you don't have guys like Aiden Shaman where it's such a struggle. I, I know teams hate, team fans, they they hate some players on their team. But just having guys that roll out there, you're just like, what are we going to expect? You know what I mean? Like, at least we know, like, certain guys suck at certain things and they keep doing it. But... It's frustrating to have a guy on your team where you see glimpses like a Shamit where he can be confident, play good defense, and be that guy to knock down shots, but you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, same thing with Aiden. So that's the frustrating part, I think. But well, maybe all fan bases have that. It's just maybe they we do. have it worse. They, they absolutely do. But here's the difference, and this is where you're absolutely correct, is both Aiden and Shamit, the issue is the price for value paid. That's it. Both of them are making way too much money to be that inconsistent. That's the issue. When you're paying somebody like Landry Sham at 10 plus million dollars a year, you expect a certain level of production. This isn't a guy coming in who's who's making a veteran minimum and he excites you every now and then, you know, like Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright is, you know, was a two-way contract. So when he had a good game, you're, you know, it's a, it's okay. a yeah. Okay, right. sweet, man. Yeah, That's exactly. price for value paid. But again, as we as we go through this list of shooting guards, that's that's the challenge I feel. Because in my head, I want to look at this list and go, dude, this is the backup to Devin Booker. This is the guy you need to acquire as a backup to Devin Booker. But I know that the logjam exists, and his name is Landry fucking Shamit, and he's really hard to trade. And Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters, again, if you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button on the YouTube channel. He says it perfectly. Shamit is a trade filler. And we'll see if that's how the Phoenix Suns navigate this offseason with Landry Shamit is if they utilize him as a trade filler with a Chris Paul, with a DeAndre Ayton, with a Cameron Payne, they can you know get something in return that's not necessarily winning the trade, quote-unquote, but it's a change of scenery for Shamit and a change of scenery for whoever's coming in. It might be not be a name that's sexy, but it's got to be sexier than Landry Shamit because there's yeah. a reason he's referred to by Ryan Rosillo as Shamit face. Yeah, I know. That's that's pretty brutal. I would never go there. That's too much. I think we probably did in the past, but um, yeah, it's a change of scenery for the fans. We need to just see something else. We can't be excited with this guy again on our fit. Our no, we just can't, can't do be. it. I just can't, man. Can't can't, can't do it. It's like it. it's like Abdul Nader again. I just I can't get up for it. It's yeah, no, no more, no more. So, exploring some of the shooting guards that are available on the market. We'll start with the club option gentlemen. These are the guys who may or may not be brought back to their team. It's all based on what the club feels. Uh, the first guy for the Detroit Pistons scheduled to make. Oh, and by the way, there's four tiers, four tiers, right? You have like all-star uh, starter. I forget all the statuses. We'll get into them, but both of these guys who have club options are considered starters. The question is whether or not their teams want to pay them money. Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons is scheduled to make $10 million a year, and he is a starter. Do you think that Detroit brings him back? Oh, I have actually no idea. Yeah, I'm not really uh, in That's a... sync with the Detroit Pistons yeah. and their salary cap number. Uh, my guess is they'll probably bring Alec, Burke back, Alec Burks back. Malik Beasley, who's with the Los Angeles Lakers, he has a club option for $15.6 million. He is also in the, of that tier of a starter, but I don't think the, the Lakers bring him back. I think that they're no. trying to clear cap space wherever they can. He's a club option. I think he's gone. 
Oh, yeah, that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, who else can we get in here, right? With LeBron saying he might leave, you know, always hinting at things. Nah, you got to get someone else in there worth that much money in a sexier name. You just have to do it with LeBron. Good team. Good team in the playoffs. Like, those guys look good, but, you know, didn't work out. They didn't win it, so you got to get someone else new. So are you interested in either of those guys? If they were to be released into free agency, if Detroit was not ready to bring Alec Burks back or the Lakers are not ready to bring Malik Beasley back, are either of those names that interest you in potentially signing uh, to the Phoenix Suns? Uh, no, not at all. Um, and like Blaze Megatron did say earlier, he said, are we all sure that we don't need a starting shooting guard just because point book might be an option next year? That. That's that might be something, right? That'd be crazy. You know, if we're looking at it well, that way, I still don't want any of these guys. <laughs> I don't. That's a good point. And yeah. I love that Blaze brought that's a great point, Blaze. Yeah. I'll re- read that again, Matthew. CP3. Uh what Blaze Megatron threw out there was are we all sure we don't need a starting shooting guard? I mean, isn't there a dis- decent chance that we see point book next year? So question the team that just won the finals, who's their starting point guard? Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. It's yeah. more like a more a book like a Booker type, right? Comparable. Always been compared. Okay, so think about that. I think that's you know again that's going to be from we a strategic standpoint. Balls deep in it then, and we, get, we yeah, know sorry. that point if, if we have no CP three, we already went over the point guards. There's nothing exciting coming out on the point guards unless Kyrie Irving or Fred Van Vliet join the team. Those are the only two truly talented players that exist out there. So okay, I like that. That gives a different spin to kind of this podcast. Shooting guards. Why not I think of that? Blaze, you just need we need you to be our producer. You're like uh camera three, camera three. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Bring up this point. Bring up Voida, yeah. bring up this point. Nephew Ashley, come on. Come on, nephew Ashley. Ashley. You're, pe- you're better than that. I like nephew Ashley. I think that's funny. All right. Looking at the player options, there's eight players who are on the uh or available on player options. And you have one all one fr- who's in the tier of all-star. You have four that are cons- or five that are considered starters and two that are rotation players. So obviously these are whether or not the, these players choose to come back to the teams in which they currently reside. Uh, starting at the rotation player side, Victor Oladipo, he's scheduled to, to make $8.8 million. I think he probably opts back into his contract. You have heat culture, and you also have uh, he's very injury prone, and I don't know if he, if he put himself out there in on the free agent market that he would get much more than that 8.8. No, not at all. I think uh, he has to not count on himself this time. You know, that's tough to say, but we've seen it too many times with this guy. The injuries just happen, and you'll see a glimpse of one game where he looks great, but then two weeks later, you know, you're like, wait, what happened to him? He had that one game two weeks ago, and he just kind of fell off, you know? That's not a guy you want to sign for that much money at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I that's, that's all we're talking about, Victor Oladipo. Next up, THT Taylor Horton Tucker with the Utah Jazz. Player option of $10.3 million. He is considered a rotation player. I assume he opts back in as well, or do you think that he puts himself out there in free agency? Same thing. Making that much money. That's crazy. Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo has a player option for $4.5 million with the Golden State Warriors. I think he's another guy who just stays there. I think he can make some good money. I think he yeah, can. You're probably right. I think he had a decent year, and he's been on a lot of good teams. Obviously, it's like always championship contenders every year. I think that's a good name. I wouldn't want him as a starter next to Booker. I think he'd be a good bench player for sure. And I wouldn't mind maybe paying him a Shamit contract. Like that's a guy I can, it's not going to be like the sexiest thing, but I would rather pay him the 11 million, $10 million a year over what Sham is getting. Just because I know I this would guy too. just believes in himself, dude, out there in the court, he fit perfect with Booker and KD. I think not as a starter, maybe we can get someone else in there and maybe you can do point book. You get Dante DiVincenzo coming off the bench shooting. I think almost 40, yeah, 40% yeah. last year, increasing from three. So championship mentality, I, man. Two yeah, I, I like him. Nova. I like him a lot. I've always liked him. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not anti Dante. Next up on the list, Gary Trenton Jr. Uh, my guess is he's going to stay in Toronto. Yeah, he has a player option for seventeen point three million dollars. I'm a big Gary Trent Jr. fan. I think that he would be great coming off the bench for the Phoenix Suns in a Shamit role. But you ain't paying him seventeen point three, and I doubt <laughs> no. he's passing that up to enter free agency. Nope, not at all. That's a guy that's going to resign. Now you know who the next guy on my list is, Matthew. Josh Hart. Oh my guy, Josh Hart. That, he has he he has my Josh Hart. Oh. <laughs> player he option now. 
I think his face changed or something. Yeah, he looks a little different nowadays. A little bit. He's more mature. You know, he's six years in. He, too, was on that team with Dante DiVincenzo and Mikhail Bridges at Villanova. He's got a player option with the Knicks for 13 mil. I think that that city absolutely loves Josh Hart. I think he probably loves playing back there. He's close to Philly where he went to college. I don't think he's going to uh, enter free agency at all. If so, fuck, man. Sons, if you can make a run at him. But again, he's looking. If if, if any of these guys are entering free agency, it's because they think that they can find either a better situation or more money. If he's making 13 mil in a place that he loves right now, I highly doubt that the Phoenix Suns are going to go and pay 20 million for a backup point guard because they literally can't. Uh, and I think that he stays in New York and I have to continue to, I, yeah. I have to wait till next year until he's a, an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, depending on next year, how much he's going to make. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would go more than that than the 12 million a year, almost Agreed. 13. I think that's perfect for the guy that he is great role player. Um, but I think one more year in New York and the way he's played there, like I think that he can make more money free agency next year. So count on himself, but just opt back in this year. We'll see. We'll see. But I know that he's not going to be on the team. Next up, 13.3 million. Jordan Clarkson, big name in Utah as well. Thoughts on him? Mm, not anymore. I'm done with it. No Moss. Yeah, I'm kind no of. No Moss. I'm, last, I'm last year maybe was my last year, I think, with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I'm over that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last guy who's in a starter role, starter tier, if you will, is a NBA champion. Player option of six point five million. That's Bruce Brown God. Jr. from the Denver Nuggets. I think I think he opts out of his contract and goes and tries to make some money. He had a good final oh, yeah. run, great exposure. He's not somebody who the Phoenix Suns should or will pursue, but he's going to go out there and try to get a bag. Yeah, what a situation for him, right? I mean, you just win the championship, and now you can just go make more money because you know a team, not the Suns, I don't think, but a team's going to pay him at least maybe fifteen million a year, something like that. So he's the definitely going to do it or something. Yeah, they, he's fucking awesome too. I love that guy on the court. He's he's just that dog you need out there just to make the big plays. That put back layup tonight. Yes, took huge. the one point lead back. Huge. He's just huge. that type of guy. So I like that. Him a lot. That layup alone made him an extra five million next year. Exactly. That's exactly but, what I thought. I'm like, oh, know. he's going to get laid tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't by Matt Ishbia. Uh, last guy who is a, ha, has a player option, all-star caliber, player option for $47.4 million from the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden, Matthew. Thoughts mm. on James Harden? Oh, man, as much as I love his game, I don't want him to come to Phoenix at all. So I'm going to stay away from that guy. I know there's rumors, right, of him wanting to play here. Yeah. Um, that would be... I just, it wouldn't be sexy at all. I don't want a guy like that here. No defense, just hogging the ball. We got enough ball hogs. At least those guys can make decent shots or have good looks at the rim. I don't want to trust that guy with anything right now. I thought him and Embiid had a chance in Philly to win it all, but you just see how things fall apart with that guy, man. So, uh, guy I don't believe in anymore. And I don't want him coming to Phoenix. Dude, please. What about you? Please, dear God. No James Harden. Yes. James Harden, when he has the ball, is above average and i won't say elite anymore because if you watched him last this last season he's definitely lost a step he's lost the aggressiveness to go to the rim and he doesn't have the ability to score like he used to off the ball he's dog shit if he passes the ball he just stands there there's no cutting there's no hustle there's no integration into the offense and trying to set up himself for a better shot or his teammate for a better shot if he's, if he's starting a possession and he dishes out of the possession, he's no longer in the possession. He's no longer in the possession whenever he's on defense either. So uh, no on James Harden. Uh, I assume that he's, you know, that that's the big question right now. We haven't heard and we know that other foot's going to drop in the upcoming days, whether or not James Harden's going to actually opt into that contract for $47.4 million, or if he's going to work with his buddy Daryl Morey and try to sign and trade and get to a place that he wants to be. I hope and I pray. That is not Phoenix, Arizona. All right. Taking a look at some of the restricted free agents. Obviously, for those of you who don't know how restricted free agents work, uh, they're people who can put themselves out there on the market. And if the Suns were to offer them a specified amount, the team in which they're currently on has the option to to meet that amount. And there's qualifying offers and all that thing, all those things. I'm just going to kind of buzz through these real fast because I don't think there's a lot of value here. I'll ask you this before we get into all these names. Is there anybody here who you think has value? Is there anyone who you're like, yes, 
Um, there's there's two guys. Uh, one that I, I of course want, one that I just don't care about. But I think he still has so a little bit of value, they? and they're not go, the fringe. Go with both um. Of them. So Matisse Thybul, I think he's kind of fell off a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's on the radar anymore. The three million, that's actually I think too much for him. And I think I know that's weird to say, but I just I don't think he's worth that much. I think he could be a guy that can be at the end of the bench now a days, unless he can build himself back up. But a guy I'm not interested in. Well, his, quali- his his qualifying offer is six point two million as well. So no, you know, it's he, too much for him. It's too much for him. Agreed. Yeah, just defense. Yeah, that's yucky. Uh, Austin <laughs> Reese is the other guy. Uh, he'll be back on the Lakers. A guy that's a Guaranteed. perfect third guy for a Suns team. I would love that. That guy that guy's fucking amazing. And maybe it's the fluke, maybe not. But that guy is worth the money, I think. And I was going to ask you too, early bird rights. So bird rights, I understand it gives the team an option to match, of course, right? Yes. Early bird, just an earlier chance to match and play the free yeah. agent market or what? Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> we'll go with that until the chance we'll is correct. It's like always. Well, so so here, here's the one thing that is interesting about Matisse Thibel is he is a defensive guy. And if Portland isn't willing to bring him back, which Portland might not be willing to bring him back, and he could put himself out there and the Suns go for that $6.2 million. And Frank Vogel, who's a defensive coach, says, I want this guy. I want to have a guy who I can bring in off the bench and give me solid defense. And I can we can focus other aspects of this roster on scoring itself. I could see that as an interesting option. But 6.2 is the highest I think the Suns should go for that guy. When you look at all the other names that are out there, you have Drew Smith from Brooklyn. You have Jared Roden from Detroit. Uh, Lester Quijones from Golden State. Xavier Moon Quinoa. from the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lester Quinoa's. Yeah. Trevor Keels from the Knicks. Uh, Johnny Zhang, uh, who was really good at UCLA with Utah. Ron Harper Jr. I didn't even know Ron Harper Jr. was in the league. I didn't know that Ron Harper had a junior. He's with Toronto. A a- a- AJ Green, kind of like AC Green with Milwaukee. David Duke Jr., Brooklyn. <laughs> Buddy Boheim with Detroit. Uh, Nikhail Alexander Walker, who's a name probably a lot of you have heard with Minnesota. Uh, Romeo Langford is somebody who is somewhat. Uh, appealing if we're looking to you know in that backup to the backup scenario coming out of uh, the San Antonio Spurs, but he, his qualifying offer seven point seven million. I just I don't see the Suns for that quality trying to get uh, those kind of guys. And yeah, I mean that's just kind of where I'm at with those guys. Well, do you like Austin Reeves? I like Austin Reeves, but it, like I won't even He's exercise the conversation because it's not going to be attainable. The Lakers, you know, will pay him. What will happen is is the Lakers are going to let the league set the market on Austin Reeves. Somebody's going to go out there and be like, yo, 10 million for 40 years. I mean, for mm-hmm. what, 40 years, 10 million. Yeah. He's going to be playing until he's 68. Uh, they'll say four years, $10 million, something like that, or 4 million at 17 million a year four twenty million, And they'll just match it. I honestly, yeah, I think he gets 2025 20, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that he's demonstrated that value. Somebody gets to the line. He's physical. And I think that, the Lakers will match it. I, the Suns are not mm-hmm. going to be in the, or they're not going to be playing the Austin Reeves game, right? Yeah, which brings us to the Swift. Is he really? Uh, they've been seen together. No she way. Yeah. Austin Reeves and Taylor Swift. What a world, right? <sighs> what a world we live in. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, he's okay. He's, he looks like a fucking yeah, 2K character. Basketball and he looks like a kid, but yeah. I like that. Anyways, now we're looking at the unrestricted <laughs> free agents. This is where it gets really interesting, okay? There's yeah. there's 21 players here, okay? 21 players. So as you go through this list, Matthew, give me three guys that stand right out. Will you go one, I'll go one, you go one, I go one, you go one, I go one. How about that? Okay, I'll just start with my favorite, uh, Levert, on this. I think it's going to be um, a lot of money, but I think he's a guy that can start. If you want to do the point book thing, he can maybe be the guy that can start next to book. And maybe I wanted to say bench, but he's going to be a starter somewhere. So if he comes here, he would be a starter, but I still like him that much. I just do. I believe in this guy. It's one of those guys you just hang on to for forever. There's always the glimpses. There's always the things that people are like, oh, you know what? No, he's not that guy. He's not. But I think he can be in the right situation. A ball hog, a guy that can play with the bench and just be a shooter. You know what I mean? Just a guy that can he can spread the ball around a little bit. But he's. I think he's sexy for at least... 20 million. That's just what I'm saying. I don't know what's going to happen to anybody else, but I would spend that much if I'm the Suns. I like him that much. You guys are going to hate me, Jamsters. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Karis Levert last year played in 74 games, started 30 of them, averaged 12.1 points, 
3.9 assists, 3.8 rebounds. Was 39% from beyond the arc for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we talked about this quite some time ago. They, they just kind of yeah. fell out of love with Karis Levert. I like Levert. Again, price for value paid. I just don't think, I think, as I think you said it perfectly. He's going to go somewhere and he's going to be a starter. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think that's Phoenix. And that's what he wants. He wants the money of a starter. He wants to play as a starter. And I just don't see either one of those current things happening uh, with the Phoenix Suns. I see it happening, but just not here in Phoenix. So uh, I like Karis Levert. I don't think that that's somebody that the Phoenix Suns should uh, pursue. Starting it as, as, with a rotation guy that I'd like the Phoenix Suns to explore is a guy who has a name that we all know, that we all like. He, he's older. He's 34 years old. Uh, you know, He made veteran minimum less than that, I think, last year. Uh, and that's that's Justin Holiday. I like Justin Holiday out there. I think, you know, again, price or value paid. You know, he's a guy who uh, will give you the bang for the buck, if you will. Played with the Dallas Mavericks last season. Uh, didn't play much. Only played in 18 games with them. Also played with the Atlanta Hawks. But played a total of 46 games last year. 4.5 points coming off the bench. 15 minutes. You know, a, a defensive guy. He's one of the Holiday kids. If you're looking for a backup to the backup, I think that you bring in Justin Holiday. He's got a good pedigree. He's got the defensive mindset that Frank Vogel is going to be looking for. And I think that that's a guy that you can go ahead and just, you know, throw a veteran minimum at and, and bring him in and be happy with the results. You know, a, a 30, a career 36.3% uh, shooter from beyond the arc. So not necessarily a three and D guy. He's just kind of a D guy. But again, if we're, if we're talking back up to the backup, I think that he's a guy who uh, makes sense for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I think uh, he's a step above Aaron Holiday, right? Yeah, he's he's, he's just bigger. I mean, he's literally yeah. a step above. He's six six. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you can throw in there and that much money too. I think it's perfect, man. I like it, I like it a lot. Okay, okay. Who who else do you like on this list? All right, so Lonnie Walker. Always ah, you took guy. my guy. Yeah, I knew you were. Gonna I take love him too, Lonnie right? Walker. <laughs> I do. I think he proved a lot with the Lakers too this year. Uh, he had some really solid minutes. I think he's really growing into himself, and I think that has to happen you know, in his career right now because of the fact that he was in San Antonio. He just kind of bloomed there and he had a great coaching staff right there to help him along the way. So he's ready to go. I think you can get him with uh, about $10 million a year maybe, but I think he's a good, good role player off the bench. He can do a lot of things. He does a lot of things right, and he just believes in himself on the court. But he's he's still growing, but I think he's at a point, man, where he can just turn the corner this season and be, guy, be a guy that can win us games. Off the bench, he can just definitely be that guy. Um, I think he's like my favorite on this list. He's I just want to throw it out there before you actually said him. So, well, I think we're going to share this one together, and then we can all, both pick a different third one because Lonnie Walker was definitely on my list. As as Coda Kid says, he's a walking bucket. Uh, we saw it in the playoffs. I mean, he single handedly helped the Lakers win a game in the second round with his ability in the fourth quarter to just kind of come alive and shoot. And that's what that's what we're talking about. That's what the Suns absolutely need. Last season with the Lakers, 23.2 minutes per game, 11.7 points per game, uh, a 36.5% three-point shooter last year. But as you mentioned, coming out of San Antonio, fundamentally sound, a lot of the, the little things right. Hell, I put money on him years ago to win Rookie of the Year when he was a rookie, and you know, he only played 17 games in his rookie season. Yeah, but, I remember I wanted him too. I was like, uh, yeah, one name. Just, like, of course yeah. the Spurs got him. But yeah, of course. Yeah, because I really liked what he brought. A lot of the deliverables, you know, thick. He's one of those thick guys. And it'll be interesting to see how the market perceives him. Because again, performance in the playoffs, I think that a lot of uh, fan bases are now aware of who he is and what he can bring, which might drive up his price, which ultimately might hurt the chances of the Phoenix Suns to get him. Because again, if you're looking at Booker and you're looking at Landry Shaman, you're sitting there, well, okay, we already have like $44 million committed to our shooting guard position. They're not going to go out and get Lonnie Walker for seven, eight, nine million, if not more. They're going to allocate those funds elsewhere. So that brings me to my third pick, who I'm I, you know, I already talked about Justin Holiday potentially being a uh a value guy. The other value guy I get, and again, I'm coming, I'm coming from the we have both of our point guards or our shooting guards already in place, uh, is Wes Matthews. I've always been a big fan of Wesley Matthews. Free agent. He played with the Milwaukee Bucks last year. He's uh he's 36 years old, so he's definitely one of those guys who's just you know, he he's at the back end of his long, illustrious career. Uh, but he's somebody who 
again, I think just does a lot of those little things right. He played in 52 games last year, 15.8 minutes. He's a guy who can come in and just he, he eats some of those minutes for you at the shooting guard position. He's not uh, a, a great three-point shooter. He's 31% from beyond the arc. He only scored 3.4 points per game. But again, somebody who has, in, in his past at least, in one of his many, many stops in the NBA, provides a little bit of defense and can give you some some minutes. So he's somebody who I think that from a value standpoint, I'm looking at the Suns. If they if they're looking for the backup to the backup, you know, Justin Holiday, Wes Matthews, those are good pickups I feel. And guys who both, you know, 34, 35, 36 years old want to attach themselves to Devin Booker, want to attach themselves to Kevin Durant, want to attach themselves to an opportunity to potentially be a part of a championship team that I think you can get on that discount for those reasons. Yeah, I mean, he would be a i don't know man i think he would never play but it'd be a good price right well yeah we have to fill out this roster man and shooting guard yeah, i know like when we do our, ne- our, our next one when we start talking Locker small guy. forwards small uh-huh. forwards is gonna be a really good podcast because there's decent guys out there but that's those are positional needs those are so guys this, we need yeah. to bring in like we don't need shooting guards even with the point book scenario, like when you're trying to spin it that way to benefit the conversation, but ultimately we don't need shooting guards. Small forwards is what we're really going to have to try to fill out this roster with. Cause that's what we lost when we, you know, obliterated our depth. We lost Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder and uh, Cam Johnson. All of them were like three slash fours. Yeah. Cameron Johnson was a one through five though. He played oh, everything. He remember? played everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, no, I, I like that, man. I like, I can see that actually happening just to who fill else? it out. Once we who spend who? all our money, we'll have like, Hey, I have five bucks left. Who's your last guy? Him. Oh, my last guy. I'm sorry. Uh, let me get to that really quick. Josh Akogi. This guy's going to uh, hit. I, I, He's going to come back up. with a, with a three point shot. He's going to come back. He's going to be shooting 40% next year. He's going to start next to Devin Booker. Booker's going to be point book. And we're going to have Josh Kogi there hitting threes in the corner. And it's going to be great. And we're going to have Kogi. He's going to be, he's bringing the mask back. No, I just leave the mask at home. I think he'll actually be a, um, a good addition to this team. I mean, to the starting lineup, if he can get his three point shot, because it happens. Some guys, they work out on the off season. They come back like, Whoa, he's shooting 40% now. If he does that, his defense and everything else, I want him starting in that lineup. Still, I'm is not there over any that. way, shape, or form that he does come back? Because I honestly think, based on his performance last year, showing because he would again be a, a perfect Frank Vogel guy, right? I, like Josh, Okogie, I love Okogi. Perfect Frank I, Vogel guy. I would pay him anything. I would that's pay a, him everything. That's a lot. I would give him everything. I'll give him my virginity. Give him all. You'd of it. give it to him. Yes. Would he have his mask on or off? Oh, I want it on so that I can break it during. Oh, you you want to breathe, he- breathe heavily into it. <laughs> Take fog, it fog it, it up. <laughs> then break it. Ooh, it's hot in here, guys. It's like, it's like you popped my cherry. I popped your mask. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to say that. <laughs> I think you know. Josh Okogi, fuck, I would love him back on this team, man. I think he's perfect. Yeah. I think that when we talk about foundation, he's a great foundational oh guy. I just honestly don't think Bring that he's going to be back. I just don't think he will. I know, but that's so stupid. It's like just keep some guys on the team. I know it's the money, but it's there's the money. there's certain guys you could just believe on, believe in, and just count on to come back and just and believe take the on. next step. I I honestly think that he is a guy that can come back and just improve and continue to help this team. Like what is so wrong with that? Why does it matter? Nothing. It's like, let's get someone else to replace him and do the same thing. It's like, okay, well he's not gonna hit threes either. Count on this guy, get him a coach, shoot threes. Even if doesn't shoot threes, I don't give a fuck. I just said that to make your jamsters happy. Cause I just want him back. I don't want him to be gone. I'll be very upset. Yeah. I, uh, I wish the Suns would have done something, try to bring him back midseason, you know, just extend him something because he's going to go out into the free agent market and there's every team's going to want a guy like him. And that's just going to price uh, price us out of the market, if you will, when it comes to a Kogi. Match it. Looking at some of the other names on this list, uh, if you look at the starter tier, you already mentioned Karis Levert, Max Struess, and Josh Richardson are both yeah. out there. New Orleans is an interesting scenario. There's there's a lot of interesting things going on, interesting things going on in New Orleans right now, right? So you have Sham Sharania reported today that they're very, very interested in moving up in the draft. They want Scoot Henderson, right? They want they want Scoot. So And they've got assets. They've got picks. They've got assets. They, they could trade almost anything to Charlotte in an effort to try to get Scoot Henderson on their team. Or if they think that Charlotte is going to pass on him, 
go the Portland route and snag their pick. So that's going to be very interesting. Another interesting thing that I received via email from a, from a good friend of mine is the odds on where Chris Paul is going to play next year. Mm-hmm. On June 9th, three days ago, the odds for, for Chris Paul playing in New Orleans were plus 4,000. Okay? As of, I think it was yesterday. As of yesterday, his odds jumped to plus 700. 12.5% chance that he's going to, you know, implied prob- probability is a, is he's going to end up in New Orleans. So something's going on in New Orleans behind the scenes that have changed. Uh, and it's not from a big money. It's something's happening there. That's saying that he might end up in New Orleans. And I think part of that is they are interested in going and getting Scoot Henderson and potentially bringing in Chris Paul to, to have him mentor him for a year. If you were to look at the odds, here are the odds for Chris Paul's team next year. Plus 250, the Lakers. Plus 300, the Hornets. Plus 400, the Mavericks. Plus 500, the Clippers. Plus 600, the Heat. Plus 700 is the aforementioned New Orleans Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks. Plus 900, the Sixers. Plus 1,000, the Timberwolves, the Rockets, and the Suns. The implied probability is that he Chris Paul will be on the Suns is 9.09%. So something's happening in New Orleans. And the Phoenix Suns potentially could be a part of that. Now, I, I know that we mentioned Josh Richardson's name, who is in New Orleans, and somebody who's been passed around like a peace pipe for years because he had a couple good years in Miami, and then everyone thinks that they can relive those years with him, and he's turned out to be nothing of the sort. But what are your thoughts on New Orleans? I mean, I had the Chris Paul to New Orleans for CJ McCollum. Shit. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. I think right now New Orleans is in a situation where Zion is kind of playing himself out of there, right? In a way, yeah. it's probably strategic. They're, they're looking, Maybe. they're looking past him. I think. I think so, and I, it might be Zion and his camp. They're probably trying to get out of there. All that stuff leaked about baby mamas like that. All, all that mm-hmm. stuff always happens. It's yes. just getting leaked now. It's like, come on, never he's trying to get out of there. Where else would he come? Is that Zion to Phoenix? No, it'd no. be Zion, it, it would be Zion as a part of a deal to no, Charlotte he, for that pick. I, I think it's smart. But if, if Chris Paul goes there and is a mentor, maybe they need him as a mentor to Zion, but I don't think that's what Zion needs. He probably needs a new spot. Oh, but yeah, Chris Paul going to sure. New Orleans, I can see that, man. And it's smart. I think they're in a situation where they, last year, they were fucking great. Where all around, they had everything they needed. But now it's just like, well, we need Zion on the court, and he'll never be on the court for you. So you gotta kind of blow it up. You have to maximize your window, and they've got a lot of talent there. Coda Kid's right. Uh, Mariah Mills has been passed around, definitely. Josh Richardson's been passed out, passed around more times than Mariah Mills, who is Zion Williams' mistress. Mills? She's the mistress, the porn star mistress. mistress. Oh. <laughs> Other names on this list, if you look at a rotation player of unrestricted free agents upcoming, you have Seth Curry, unrestricted free agent coming out of Brooklyn. He'll be a hot commodity given what he can do. Uh, Jalen Noel from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shake Milton out of Philly. Uh, Hamadou Diallo from Detroit, Troy Brown Jr. from the Lakers, Will Barton from the Toronto Raptors. I kind of like Will Barton, but again, uh, I think there's other guys we should be targeting. Javante Green out of Chicago. Damian Lee is an unrestricted free agent, which neither of us talked about. Uh, Ty Jerome, old Ty, oh, one of the old tie fighters from the Golden State Warriors rotation player, and Austin Rivers. Fuck you, Austin Rivers. And then if you look at fringe players, you have Rodney Magruder, uh, from Chicago, uh, Charlotte, and then Theo Pinson from Dallas. So that's your that's your shooting guards list. So if right here, right now, you've got two scenarios. you got one in which the Phoenix Suns say, Landry Shamit's gone. Who would you who would you seek out in free agency to replace him? And two, Landry Stamets stays. Who's your backup to the backup? Okay, back to the backup. I 
I'm thinking Seth Curry in a way, but that's only if he doesn't get offered more money. No, he'll get. I think, he, he he can never. He's too expensive to be our backup to the backup. Yeah, yeah. that was my pick. Well, shit, that was a bad pick. Pick again. Well, fucking it, dumb question. So invalid. Invalid. I, I have no idea. It, I mean, we were talking about shooting guards. Just we don't need them. So back up to the backup. I guess I'll take the guy you mentioned earlier because I have no idea. Because it would have to be less than a million. It'd be yes. like 800,000. So no, no, no. It'd be the that, better minimum of 1.8, which would be either Justin Holiday or Wes Matthews. Yeah. I don't know. I'll so go with I the guy go. you said. And so if you want to be that. backup, I'll go Dante DiVincenzo. But I like that. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just so tough. I like that. If, if the Suns can get Dante DiVincenzo, who again, you know, ultimately comes out to him because he's got the player option with the Warriors. If he wants to go out there and test himself on the market, uh, he most likely will. But I say if if Landry Shamit's gone, give me either Dante DiVincenzo or Matisse Thibel to back up Devin Booker. Given the fact that the Suns will have to fill out other areas, especially offensively, if Matisse Thibel's here. And if Landry Sham is here, the aforementioned Wes Matthews uh, or Justin Holiday, veteran minimum guys, bring them in, back up to the backup shooting guards. I think that the, that's where I kind of fall. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds good, but it's like, so how much do you actually believe any of these guys sign? Because I don't think anybody does. Any of the shooting guards. Like, uh, I think they will. from the beginning, I think it's Shamit, and then we find something else. Like you said, well, small, that's what small forwards and then also point guards. Yeah, you know, I think that James Jones is a big fan of the the three by five, right? You know, or five by three, five positions, three deep. That's how he likes to build out his roster. So they're definitely if they if they keep Landry Shamit simply out of necessity because they can't get rid of him on the market, mm-hmm. they're still going to need a backup to the backup shooting guard, in my opinion. And I think that if you get somebody like Justin Holiday, backup to the backup, one point eight million veteran minimum deal. He can serve two purposes, right? He could be a backup to the backup shooting guard and small forward potentially. He's six with six. So again, that's the guy who's giving you 15 minutes a game for 25 games out of the year. You're not getting a ton out of that guy, but yeah. what are you expecting to get out of that guy? Right? That's that's how I kind of look at it. And the the way that James Jones has constructed his rosters in the past is they're going to build it out that way. I think, again, when we do the small forwards, I think it gets a lot more exciting simply because there's definite need there. You know, when we talked about our point guards, when we did our free agent point guards, you had Chris Paul under contract and Cameron Payne. When you talk about your shooting guards, it's Landry Shamit, Devin Booker. When you talk about your small forwards, it's like Ish Wainwright. Like, that's all you have under contract right now. You know, Kevin Durant, if you want to put him in there, but he's our four. And then Aiton's our five. And like, that's it under contract. So these next few podcasts, I feel like it's going to be a lot more fun playing GM simply because of the guys who are going to be on the market, right? I mean, there's restricted free agents who are small forwards named Cameron Johnson and Cam Reddish. And, you know, you look at some of the unrestricted free agents that we're going to be discussing on the next podcast. You know, there's there's Jay Crowder and Kelly Oubre, Tory Craig. We just, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross. Every guy who's an unrestricted free agent who's a small forward has been on the Suns in the past. It's going to be a really fun podcast. But, you know, for purposes of this one, I think that, again, as we sit here and we try to play the what if game, I think the Suns will have to sign somebody, obviously. Uh, who that is is literally just throwing a dart against a wall and just seeing yeah. what face it lands on because I don't know if it's necessarily valuable considering you have Devin Booker and Landry Shaman. That's who they've, they've invested their money into. Yeah, and importantly, like Creepy Crawley says, again, Justin has a big slug, so him and Booker can be, you know, in bed together with that. So, Justin right. Hung Holiday? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. So. Spread the news. Spread the Start spreading the news. <laughs> well, it's, a lot of things are going to start happening here very soon. Obviously, the NBA season is officially over, which means Adam Silver is finally going to tell us what's going to go on with John Morant. Been an, he's been annoyingly hinting at it. I'm, I'm waiting till the finals are over, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do with John Morant. The finals aren't over. Uh, we didn't ask you the question, Adam. He's like, yeah, but oh, hey, I, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. So we're going to find out that news. The NBA draft is 10 days away, which might seem boring to a lot of people, but the Suns might be a player in that. You don't know what's going to happen with some of these contracts, especially like the CP3 situation. Is there a sign-and-trade with a draft deal? Who knows? So stay tuned to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We'll be coming to you live on Thursday 
as we enter the trade machine again. This time we're doing so with DeAndre Ayton. So make sure you tell all of your Ayton stands to come on over here and tell us that we're idiots and give us very specific metrics to abide by. Here, here, here's what's annoying. This one cat on Twitter the other day is like, tell me another center who can who's played more than 62 games over the last three seasons and averaged 10 rebounds or 10.8 rebounds and X amount of minutes. I'm like, okay, dude, you're, you're, you're pigeonholing. And, and I was, he, it's like, who, who's better than that? I'm like, Miles Turner. Oh my God. And, yeah. Dude, and I'm then, so sick of that too. Uh, me too. And I'm just like, uh, it's it, Miles Turner. He's like, well, you know, he does, he has an average 10.8 rebounds. So he's out. I'm like, no, he's not out, dude. He also gets paid 12 million less a year. So he's actually better. If, if we're going dollar per rebound grabbed, guess what? Aiton's way the fuck out of your range. So these Aiton stands manipulate their statistics in a perfect uh, alignment so they can be right on how great DeAndre Aiton is. It's like, I swear. And then they go, you don't know ball. It's like, you don't watch basketball. If you watch DeAndre Aiton consistently, you can't tell me that that guy's worth $33 million. You just can't. Preview of that and much more on the next podcast. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, we can be like, okay, well, Aiden is who he is, right? Let's just be happy with that. No, it's like, all right, so I, I'm just I'm sick of hearing that because that was the one thing that held him back. And I think if the fan base can just get behind us, which they have, where Aiden just is gonna be gone. The guy Trader Joe said, Yeah, I'm sick of Aiden too. Everyone's sick Everybody. of Everybody because he doesn't live up to his potential. And it's just like, why do we have to settle and be like, Yeah, he is who he is? Like, could we just be happy with that? It's like, no, obviously not. It's never going to happen. It's never going to fucking happen. Nope. Uh, so we'll be talking about that on the next pod. We'll be talking about some of comments, some of the comments made by Frank Vogel about Aiden. And, you know, is there potential yeah. for Aiden because Frank Vogel's here and yada, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. We'll go through all of that. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate. Make sure you give us a review. Five-star review. Did you know, Matthew, that we got a new five-star review? Oh, no, we didn't. Did we yes, really? We did. Apple nice. Podcast. I want to give a shout out to Snowball. Snowball went on to Apple Podcast, gave us a five star review, and said, Great podcast. Have not lived in AZ for 10 years, but the Suns will always be my team. Recently found y'all and love what you were doing. We'll do my best to represent the Suns in the South. So thank you, Snowball, for taking a little time nice. out of your day, rating us five star, typing up a little review. We truly, truly appreciate it. it. Let's everybody else out there know where their favorite place to consume Suns content is, and that's the Suns Jam Session podcast. So make sure you stop by Twitter, you give us a, a follow at Suns Jam, you subscribe on YouTube and get us to three thousand followers. You can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter, and you can read my writing at BrightSideOfTheSun.com. You can follow Matthew, and that's all we got. We'll see you Thursday. It's sure to be. The, I'm, we'll just put it down to the ether that we're going to be talking DeAndre Ayton. There's going to be people like picketing outside our windows, you know, like I doubt it. I might get the guy from Trader Joe's to come talk to I'm gay for DA. I'm gay for DA. They're going to be outside. They're, they're going to have, they're going to, they're going to have signs. It's going to be great. So yeah, I until love then I jamsters window. right outside my window. So until then jamsters have a good one. Mm, go on with family. And congratulations. Nuggets. credit card bill.